Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number... No, I say number. I know. So I took that, didn't I? What was wrong? You're a narcissist. Always trying to take my spots. Uh, lately, I have. <laughs> number, episode number 62. Yes. Whoop, whoop. Let's go. All right. So today, guys, more than a normal day. It's going to be a weird day. It's going to be a good one. Oh. I, well, normal days are good days. I'm just saying this episode is going to be a good one because it is two o'clock and we're still feeling pretty energetic. Mm-hmm. In particular, I am because I did a 24-hour fast on Saturday. It was a religious fast and it physically helped me a lot too because it like reset everything from a coffee perspective. And a and coffee I had... <laughs> yeah, and I was way more ripped when I woke up the next day. I was like, this is awesome. All right. <laughs> anyway, so... so Point is, the coffee that hit me at 5 a.m. is still kicking. And most of the kids slept through the night, so I'm feeling like a new woman. Yeah, this well, is hang like... on. That was like the perfect segue to oh, sorry. buy me a coffee. Oh. But I didn't even mean to. I, I felt it happen. But, but for real, if you would like to buy us coffee, because listen to Chris's enthusiasm, he might You're be... going to love this one yeah, because of the... You can listen to the end before you make your decision, but... Right. You go to buymeacoffee.com slash G-Y-G-Y-M. You can buy us a coffee or, you know, essentially just donate to help support our show because uh, we don't make money from it. And and then we got kids in the room. So, yeah, always the normal, the normal disclaimer, Ledger sleeping in here. There's a chance you could wake up. If you would like to avoid interruption, please donate to buymeacoffee.com slash G-Y-G-Y-M and we will buy ourselves a babysitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> was Eventually. that a good ad? That was a well-placed ad. That was good. Rate. All right. Are Sorry, you, see, we're hype right now. Are you, are you ready to get into this? I'm ready. Okay. So what are we talking about? Well, we're going to do a two-part series here. A twofer. You know what's funny? What? Is they know what we're talking about because they clicked on the title. That's true. <laughs> oh my gosh, it took us 62 episodes to realize that. <laughs> kind of you did. know what though? But we don't normally name it till afterwards. So, true. So we kind of forget that. The title's like the hardest thing to come up it with. Is. We want to grab your attention. It's like it's like but we want to tell you what it's about. It's like the last minute. You're like, oh, what should we call? It? I don't know. What do you want to call? It? I don't Literally, know what you like midnight the night before. But seriously, that is the thing though, because I hate when I click on an episode that's got like a really catchy title, and then literally they maybe mention that word or that sub- subject for like a second. Click like bait. I, I know I don't want to just click bait you in for like one second. But it's anyways, guys, we're gonna do this. So we're gonna do a two part series. We're gonna talk basically about. Why do we want to fit in so bad? Why is it so important to us as human beings to fit in with other human beings, most of us? Yes. And then we're going to tell you in the next episode how to stop. Oh, wait. You may, maybe we shouldn't promise that. Why? We'll see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just fine. said. Uh, promise it. It's a Go. two-part series. And the next episode, we're going to tell you how to stop. How to stop caring about what other people think how Ooh. to stop feeling like you have to fit in and basically we're going to try to convince you to be weird like us pretty much this whole thing is just a step-by-step framework of how to get weird, weird. <laughs> there it is there's the title how to get weird well let's just talk about what weirds brought us okay probably okay. um oh i don't know our, our income cut in half uh but our marriage and happiness doubled <laughs> so you choose you want he more income so or a better marriage <laughs> but our marriage is if you want to be broken happy listen to us <laughs> <laughs> i mean you fit in with us so yeah so but seriously do you not realize Lots i mean of people just turn that off <laughs> right be happy like us no actually we've been really getting on each other's nerves lately oh that's for another time i didn't know <laughs> oh you've been getting on my nerves lately oh, okay dude we're taking so long to get i into know this, this is taking forever okay ready go okay seriously though we all want to fit in. It's like ingrained in our very nature, in our very selves to feel like a desire to fit in with other people. And I'm sure the funny thing is there's people out there who consider themselves misfits or rebels, but they're just fitting in with the other misfits oh, or rebels. Oh, that's so true. You but the funny I mean? thing is they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that, but it's true. <laughs> all the gothic kids in that's high school. That's <laughs> exactly it. That's what I was going to say. The gothic kids in high school who just want to go against status quo, they're just going against the other group. Like They're just becoming right. another group Because instead. they become a group of gothic kids. And right. if you're a group of rebels, you're not a rebel. <laughs> right. So, But it is. Think about it. From childhood. I mean, do you have any stories of childhood where you didn't fit in, but you wanted to fit in and it hurt your feelings? Yes. Yeah. Your siblings. <sighs> oh, yeah. They, I'm calling you all they, out. They didn't. Y'all like they listen. Right, that's true. I don't think anyone's ever listened to one of our episodes. Salty. You mean any of your siblings? Yeah. Okay, so when I was a kid, my siblings, I have an older 
sister, a twin sister, uh, which is going to be on TV next week. So we should talk about that. Yes. But um, anyway, older sister, twin sister, and an older brother. And guys, they would all be downstairs in the living room coloring. And guess who couldn't color? They left Chris out because he colored outside of the lines. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess they were all so anal about it that I didn't fit in. And so, yes, I was the misfit of the kids. Does that affect you with coloring books today? You know what? I just got to say, every time Lola brings a coloring book to me, I like... Your palms get sweaty. My palms get sweaty. <laughs> and you know what? The amount of effort that I put in to staying between the lines just to build the evidence for my brain that I'm not a misfit is incredible. And your five-year-old still colors better than you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but she lets me color with her. And that's the important thing. That's the lesson here, guys. Put yourself out of your comfort zone for the benefit of your kids, your family. There, there it is. Well, so, but yes, I, I was a misfit and I wanted so badly to fit in. I think something else that was a problem with me, I used to have a problem. I used to have like a tick when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm about to do it on air. (laughs) So I had a problem when I was a kid where I literally couldn't breathe without going. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. Careful, you're going to bring it back. I know, I know. Trust me, it was bad. It was like, I'm a normal looking kid. Everything's fine. And then all of a sudden there's this kid in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was Tell terrible. what your dad did. So my dad's like, hmm, logically speaking, if we can get him to not be able to breathe, do anything but breathe, <laughs> then we can clearly fix his problem. So my dad just like ran me around our ghetto neighborhood. I'm surprised I didn't get shot, but ran oh. me around the neighborhood like crazy for a long period of time until I could not breathe and that is how i got athletic (laughs) (laughs) and that's how you get rid of your child's tick if they have one yes oh my gosh that sounds terrible when we actually say that loud real talk outside of my crazy ticks and problems and not being able to color inside the line yeah man everybody wants to fit in from childhood so funny so when you look at high school high school you know every movie you see that that depicts a high school they always have the cliques the popular kids and the goth kids like we talked about the nerds whatever the jocks um because generally speaking i would say that's how most high schools are it's full of peer pressure and cliques and the thought that popularity equals success or a better person or a happier person you know what i mean in my high school you had to have a heated driveway to hang out with the, <laughs> the rich kids <laughs> yeah okay so i went to a much smaller high school so my competition was was not nearly as high. It was like you, you got to have a Christmas tree. <laughs> what? Y'all, I don't a know. Christmas tree. You guys were poor compared to us. Uh, we had limos. We were considered the no, rich no, no. people. Your school was poor. Oh, our school was definitely compared, mine, compared. Yeah, like, mine was like the the snooty kids with the heated driveways. Yeah, you guys are the ones who did cocaine. Our ours did. <laughs> you pot. guys could only afford pot. Yeah, not us. Per, like not me, but like the druggies. Right. You know the groups of Ex- drugs. Exactly. So. But what I was thinking about is I remember, first of all, this is laughable thinking that I didn't give in to peer pressure, thinking that I didn't care about being in a certain clique. But that's probably because I was already considered in the popular clique because as a cheerleader, for some reason, if you're a cheerleader, you default get put into the popular crew. But I realize now looking back, like I, de- I definitely tried to fit in because I can remember when everybody started popping their collars, like I had to go. <laughs> I had to go get polos and pop my collar. Right. Um, whenever everybody started wearing brands like Hollister, you couldn't wear a tank top from Walmart that looked identical to a Hollister one because it didn't have that little bird on it. Right. And then your mom would try to convince you she could just sew the <laughs> sew the eagle or sew right. or sew the Hollister. She's like I could draw that Nike sign on your socks too. Out. You know, fun story. I remember when ripped jeans were in. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember my dad Destroyed gave, gave us gave us a budget to go shopping. I forget how much money he gave For us. For school clothes, right? Yeah. But basically he's like, okay, Mike, Chris, Mike, you, you have your license. You and Chris go shopping. And we went shopping and Mike got like a whole bunch of stuff. I got one eighty dollar pair of ripped jeans uh-uh. and like three shirts. He was so oh, I'd kill you. mad. But I was like, Dad, no, these are perfect. I'm so happy. I'll wear them every day. And <laughs> And he's like, I could have, I could have ripped a hole yes. in for you. <laughs> See, I used to get so mad at grownups for saying that grownups, because I worked at Hollister for a short time and every <sighs> old person would, would say like, I could tear up the jeans myself and save some money. And I would get so mad. Like, you don't get, <laughs> you don't so get style. Funny. And I'm like, oh dude, totally could have cut up the jeans You know what's myself. funny is now rich people, like look at Justin Bieber's Instagram. Right? They're wearing holy t-shirts. Lit rich people wear things that make them look like it costs them $7 to get dressed. And then broke people that are trying to look rich are wearing like all the really ritzy stuff that would be on the other people. So it's totally backwards. So, But why are they doing that, Chris? 
because they why are they doing that? Yeah, why why do we do that? Why'd you buy the holy jeans? I bought the dude, I wanted to fit in. I I saw well, here's the thing, right? So usually it's it's you see someone who's getting something you want, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's like someone in a crowd who's being accepted or Mm -hmm. an athlete that people are looking up to or whatever, and you're like, ooh, I like those shoes. Oh, I want to be that, right? Oh, he has braces. I want braces, right? Lola Lola does that, right? But but sometimes you look up to people or you see things that you want, you feel like you have to model everything about them to do what? To fit in. Exactly. Like, uh, if you know this, you know, if you don't know, I'm sorry, I saw Katie Heron wearing army pants and flip flops. So <laughs> I bought army pants and flip flops. <laughs> mean girls, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Nailed okay, it. Okay, you know, you that, know. That's why we're married. Uh, yeah. Even though I like don't mean dance. girls and in sync. Exactly. For some reason, married. I like chick flicks. They, they hit me in the feels at times. Right. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. So that's a reason that is a reason you're already skipping ahead a little but that is a reason why we want to fit in that's a reason why people give into peer pressure that's a reason why people don't want to stand out from the crowd because they want to be accepted by the person who has what they want like katie heron or regina george or justin bieber just don't get hit by a bus or see i know my movies (laughs) i know i know my mean girl I could do not in junior high. There was a time where I tried to get my fruit friend group to commit to certain days like ponytails, shave your legs these days, <laughs> skirts on these days. Ask them. I was the annoying one who like mm. if we were going to a dance or we were going to do pictures. I'm like, okay, everybody wear black. Everybody wear black and white. I was very coordinated. That's I funny. wanted everybody to fit in, I guess. So, funny, okay. So moving on. So we did childhood, high school. What about like career and status? I know, I know a lot of people who work their way to the top of a job or a corporation mostly for the money or the executive title more than they actually really actually love insurance or whatever it is they're doing. Right. Yes. Oh, dude, you're so right. Well, no dude, again, like I feel like, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people look at optimal wealth as solving everyone's problems. Mm -hmm. And I can't say from a perspective of being a guy who's like, you know, looking at yachts or anything, but, (laughs) but, Basically, I can say from hitting my sales goals as an entrepreneur, money, as much as I wanted to fit in and say, oh, yeah, I'm part of the six-figure club. As soon as I hit it, I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> now what? Uh, me and my wife aren't super happy. Like, uh, I'm not the best dad I can be, all these things. But but I think ultimately, yeah, you shoot for things you want to fit in. You feel like, oh, if I can be a part of, you know, if I can tell me I made six figures or or if I can if I can do this or that or the other. Yeah. Ultimately, it's about fitting in. But the funny thing is, like, I think even what we've done so far is just start from the bottom of childhood all the way to kind of where we are now. Right. You even look at what's happening during the pandemic. Well, yeah, this is a well, little. Wait, you even look at what's happening. Yeah, don't say that word. During the 2020 the year, 2020 year. Yes, because this is a little different. Are you a bullpen? <laughs> so this is a little different than than your actual self image, which we actually did a whole episode on finding your identity in that. And I feel like some of this ties in. Oh, it does. Um, it, this is a little different than that, but this is fitting in by means of not expressing your views, your opinions, your beliefs openly for fear of rejection or otherwise expressing them and joining up with, like, say, a political party. To fit in. Does that, does that make yes. sense? So like in the year of 2020, especially on social media, there's a ton, a ton of anger and, and hate being spewed and arguing all mainly because of differing opinions. And you have heard of the words silent majority. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason it's the silent majority is because one, they don't want to deal with, they don't want to deal with that. They don't want right. to deal with the arguing and the backlash because they know their beliefs come from a place that they what that they i mean they believe them so why spend all the time trying to convince everybody else what you hey you distracted me i'm messing with my mic sorry um pick up off what i just said so yeah so why you're well you know how i'm really good at focusing on two things at once right um basically what you're saying is what you're saying so you should keep saying it oh my gosh (laughs) what i'm saying is there's a silent like the term silent majority why do you think those people are being silent? It's not because they don't care about what they believe in. It's because they know if they speak it, they don't fit in with certain people. People, There's been yes. uh, tons of people, stories of people saying that they lost friends over Ooh, their political me, party. Let me let me just talk about this. Yeah, so my, my dear mother had oh, a best friend. Uh, and based on political views, she literally 
such good friends with with this person. They did everything together. And all of a sudden after like, I don't even know, probably a decade of being friends, when the election rolled around, she's like, are you voting for so-and-so? And she's like, yeah, I think I am. And she wrote her off and hasn't talked to her. And I got to just, I want to go on a rant about that because I see people all the time. I see people all the time commenting. If you could vote for this person, then just X me off your friend list or people who vote for this person are the worst kind of people or this and that. Like if you really think that you can judge somebody's entire character, entire worth, Mm, entire everything based on their political views that I'm sure they probably educated themselves on or they just wanted to fed on (laughs) or if they just want swing my who sways their hips. You were just you were just making points and pointing. I'm using my finger. I'm just saying, if you think that that's right, then I think you need to check yourself on the inside because I oh, you think wreck yourself. check yourself before <laughs> you, you freaking wreck yourself because because I think that's just ridiculous. I think it's immature, and I think it means you have an insecurity about who you're voting for. Oh, girl! All right, applause. I'm serious. I'm serious. It makes me mad. I have friends who have a different political view than I do. Yes, and while we totally disagree and if we have a conversation about it it's just that it's a conversation it doesn't mean i forget all the good qualities about that person or all the things i like about them or all the conversations we can have that we agree on outside of freaking politics this is relevant this morning i was on a coaching call with a guy and he said something that was really contributing to frustration in his life was politics it was the whole go around of what's happening right now it was it was the friends he's lost had to delete he's been blocked they've been blocked all these different things and i and he's like do you think i should reach out and like apologize to people i was like look man here's the deal what we have to understand at the end of the day like at the core of who human beings are we have to give them the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. we have to understand that it's less about i want to be right or you want to be right and it's more about people passionately their intention is like, I think my candidate can solve this pain, right? And then on the flip side, I think the really important thing for people to understand is like the political, like the politics job is to divide us. Right. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. Look at it. Use your freaking brain. This is not going to be a political episode in any way, shape, or form, but use your brain and ask yourself like, is this divisive? Because truly, like you just said, there's there are people that you love that you, you can bring so much value to each other's lives. When it comes to politics, they've created such a strong narrative. Democrats hate Republicans, Republicans hate Democrats, and so on, and all these things. And the truth is, it's all about like, look, my intentions are pure when I talk about these things. But you realize after time, well, I probably can't get this person to see my point anyway. So we probably just shouldn't even talk about it. So I don't know. But you can still be friends. You can still respect that person for who they are and the things they do outside of disagreeing with you on something. It's so childish. Oh, it makes me so mad. It is childish. But but the whole reason, to bring it back to what we're even talking about here, is the whole reason that people either speak up or don't speak up. It all comes down to fitting in and not wanting to be different. And so if you fit in with the Democratic Party, then you're going to speak up about it and show that you fit in because apparently like that's who's more accepted right now. I feel like on social media. And then if you fit in with, or if you believe in the Republican party or whatever, again, it doesn't have to be politics, whatever it is you believe in. Well, you feel like you're part of something. Yes. That's what it comes down to. This is just relevant because like you said, it used to be the click used to be, are you an athlete? Are you playing Pokemon cards? Are you, are you this? Are you a swimmer? You know, like swimmers are athletes. I'll give you guys that. But I'm just saying like there, there are so many, different groups and cliques. And it's always been that way. Now you go to church, you see the same thing, right? Okay. She's going to wear a skirt. She's going to not care about how short her skirt is. You know, like <laughs> literally everybody has cliques. Now as adults, like you said, it comes down to career and finding our image and career and money and all of these things. And politics are a hot topic and thing right now. But like you said, what it all boils down to is we just are looking for our place, our place. We're looking for acceptance. We're looking for all these things. So now like, let's just dive into the actual why we believe people want to fit in so bad. Why we too. Why, I mean, yeah. Chris will say all day, doesn't care what people think, but there is a part of him because he's a human being that cares what people think. Of course. Like, of course. Yeah. Well, so I think when you go back to like us as human beings, right, it's, 
we are made to like congregate and be social and do life together do life together yeah we we're, we're made to be in community and so truthfully if you have people that you're around all the time that have totally polar opposite views eh, it's a little more difficult <laughs> well or if you're just not able to be social because of distancing i can't say the words together. careful i don't want to get can't canceled say the words together because we'll get our podcast pulled apparently we'll get canceled freedom of speech. But um, yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the big reasons why we want to fit in so bad is because we're made to be social beings. So if we can find a place where we belong, where we agree, because think about it. Have you ever met somebody for the very first time and just one thing can connect you guys and then like it's easier to feel more comfortable like if you see somebody i'm about to i'm about to reduce our listenership in ohio you see somebody wearing a michigan hat mm-hmm. you've never seen them before in your life but mm-hmm. you pass them on the street you yell go blue I said, go blue baby you may not have said anything to that person yeah. but that's something that ties you together because you're right. part of a same group there you both like michigan and it's yeah, polarizing but you could also say that if i passed an ohio state fan and i was wearing michigan that they could find something in common to just like tear me to shreds that's true they'll boo you or probably throw <laughs> right. something at you i'm just kidding i mean not completely no it's happened but you're not kidding but that's my point is is we're made to feel like we need to fit in with a certain group because yes. it's innate and just even even smaller than that, i mean god made marriage because he said it's not good for man to be alone so we created a woman and brought them together Boom. Right. So we're made, we're not made to do life alone. And that's a whole separate reign about, you know, isolation and things and whatever. But that is one reason I believe we desire to fit in. Yeah. Another, which this is a whole multi-part thing, but is fear. We have fear of judgment. We have fear of rejection. We have fear of failing and it being embarrassing. We have fear of being alone again, because we're meant to be social beings. Fear, I think, is really one of the biggest root causes of this desire to feel wanted and to to be accepted by. I believe it all boils down to fear. Fear is fear is one of the most. It's one of the strongest emotions that causes us to to not act on things to to make bad decisions all that stuff i think i think fear can be so crippling but i think you hit it on the head when it comes to these things like okay for instance i wanted to fit in as a kid right once i realized i wasn't accepted to color with my family or or my siblings i wasn't going to uh, put myself out there to do it when I felt unaccepted at school later mm-hmm. on, right? So if you know me, I am, you come up to me and you approach me and you want to talk or whatever. Oh yeah, let's let's talk. I'll be friendly. I'll be nice. Um, but I usually do not go out of my way to insert myself in places. My brother's very good at it though because of the way he was conditioned as a kid, like he was accepted by everybody. So he can walk anywhere. My brother can go anywhere and he can make friends and all those things. And that's why me and Mike are so much alike. When <laughs> right. We went to a podcast movement. Him and I tore it right. up networking. <laughs> right. But the thing is, I don't insert myself anywhere because I've had so many places I've been rejected as a kid because I was trying to fit in. So it comes back to fear and what we do now and the decisions we make now come back to fear. So for instance, going through some of our past episodes, it's like, are you finding a community group? Because this is a powerful step. But for some of you, you maybe have been rejected. You've wanted to fit into something like that and it didn't work before or or in some way, shape or form you're rejected. And so you're fearful to go take that step. True. Or maybe you have the fear of failing. So there's something you want to do, but you failed. Honestly, what's crazy is how much stuff really comes from your childhood and things you experienced as a small kid oh, dude, or even in high school. All it is. But like a lot of people don't think that that could even transfer over because it's like oh that was just oh okay somebody didn't let him color with him or so somebody wouldn't let him play like red row red row you didn't get picked first for the dodgeball team or whatever those things seem i mean to, i got picked in the top five you did ball. you did i'm just saying in general <laughs> right. i'm just saying in general those things seem pretty in- insignificant on their own but those are building your belief system about exactly. yourself and who you are from mm. a young age So I think that's good to even look at is to think, okay, if I have this fear of failing, why do I have a fear of failing? Why don't I want to start that business or put myself out there, you know, in a, I guess probably nobody's listening to this that's trying to put themselves out there in the dating world. I wouldn't think maybe, maybe, maybe there's some single people. You never know. Listening. I mean, we talk more than about marriage. Um, But yeah, if you have a fear of doing something because you are afraid of failing and you're afraid it's going to be embarrassing, maybe start to think back to 
your childhood or your high school years or whatever stage of what have you failed at in the past that's got you so terrified to try again? And what does it really matter? I think that's the most important thing. Like I, I know people say there's tons of corny quotes out there, but honestly, if you well, have give us something, another. if you have something, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying, if you have something you just really want to do, but the fear is what's holding you back because you're afraid you'll be made fun of, or you'd be embarrassed or it'll crab in the bucket. Remember, remember my story. Yes. But yeah, but I'm just, but let it go because at the end of the day, everybody has been embarrassed. Everybody has failed at something. And the funny thing is it doesn't matter. Like this is silly. This is a totally side comment, but like one time I fell on campus at NKU, I was walking and I was wearing little boots. For some reason when I was there, I dressed up I just, I felt better when I dressed up for school and there was ice and I was by myself and I slid and I fell. Actually, I didn't fit in because most people wore like hoodies and like, you know, whatever. Maybe I wanted to Except when you're on the news, but we'll we'll leave that. Chris, shut up. (laughs) That's because that night before my friend and I had studied and we drank wine. We were studying because that made sense. And then we went to school and the news just happened to come into our classroom and we literally had rolled out of bed and went to class. That it's morning. on my Facebook. But anyways, I fell and I was like severely embarrassed. Nobody said anything. Nobody cared, but I was by myself. And so I was severely embarrassed. And now looking back, I'm like, who cares? Has nobody ever fallen before? Has nobody ever slid on ice before? Like, does that really make up something to do with my character? But in my mind, I'm like, oh, I look so stupid because I can't walk. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? But I probably had been made fun of for something stupid I'd done before. And it was embarrassing. Yeah. No. You're right. Yeah, no. God, yeah, it no. is an Ohio yeah, no, thing. Yeah. I don't understand why we do this. Yeah, no. It's like we can't figure out if we're agreeing or not. But I am agreeing <laughs> Thank you. with you at this very moment. Thank you. Yes, you are you are correct. I got a I got another one. Okay, give me another one. No, never mind. Go ahead. I was waiting for you. So we're just talking we're talking about fear, judgment, rejection, failing, being alone. These are reasons why we don't want to stand out or why we don't be weird or why we want to fit in with a certain group. Yes, absolutely. What's another reason? Another reason is when another reason it really comes down to us meeting the expectations of others. Mm-hmm. So a reason you may not want to stand out or why you care what people think about you is because of expectations that people put on you, like maybe your parents. Yes. Yeah, so let me, let me oh, touch on this. Yes, sir. So Gary Vaynerchuk is the man. If anybody's ever interested in entrepreneurship or just like thinking outside the box, he, he has a potty he, mouth. He does have a potty mouth, but he's awesome. So he's a huge following. <laughs> but That's such a mom thing to say, potty mouth. Gary I'm so embarrassed. Potty mouth. Yeah, that is. You said two earlier too, but I won't call you out. Oh, just did. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. Anyway, so Gary Vaynerchuk, like his his message to younger kids is like, dude, like just because your parents wanted you to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, wanted to live vicariously through you, doesn't mean you have to go do it. I think so often, uh, well, and we've talked about this in the past, it's typically the advice people will give you is the advice that affirms the decisions they've made for Ooh, themselves. Say it again. It's true. The advice people will give you is the decision is a f- affirmation of the decisions they've made for themselves. So let's just say we have we have like your typical nine to five. I get home, crack a beer, watch a baseball game, and you know my wife's helping the kids with homework, and that's just like our lives over and over and over and over again. And you know we have a four hundred one k, and we have paid vacations and all those different things, right? People, those people, guys, would think we were the craziest people on earth, right? They're like. How? What? That's so irresponsible, right? So if you're that person, that's fine. If if that's you, no, no problem. But me and Jana are different because it's it's just something that doesn't sit well with us. We feel like um, we feel like uh, we need to play bigger and be more aggressive personally, right? Well, I think everybody's it's just different. different too. Yeah, I everybody's just, different. I think we're all called to do something right. different, but it also depends on if you're tapping into what you're being called to, because maybe you're just comfortable. True. Because maybe your parents did that, and so you do that. Usually, you don't always outgrow yes. what your Ooh. parents did. Let me bring this up. Okay, yes. so I was coaching another guy uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, and he was telling me, he's like, "Look, I I feel like I'm just learning to be content." He said, "I feel like I'm I'm just learning to be content with I with what I have and grateful for what I have." I said, "That's amazing, dude." I said, "That's incredible." I said, "Guess what?" 
for the aggressive person, content is the hardest thing to do and the biggest enemy. For the conservative person, being more aggressive and taking risks and being uh, living a little bit more on the edge and exciting is the hardest thing to do. If you are, if your decisions you make on a regular basis are typically conservative, then don't think you're doing yourself any favors by saying you're cool with being content because you're not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm, but why not? Because you're trying to fit in or meet exactly. an expectation or because where do you learn that? Right. Right. Where do you learn? So back, back to the 401k, you know, everything is, thing. you know, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, structured. Okay. So there's a plan. It's like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get this job and I'm going to pay for it until I pay off my debt and I'm going to die comfortably. Great plan. Awesome. If that's what you want to do, do it. Well, that's what, the, that's not what us, most right? people yes. are told to do. That's kind of like yes. the American dream. You go to school, you right. get married, you have kids, because you have the white picket fence. For generations to generations to generations are like, you have security. That, that's what we do. And you don't retire do. till you're old and then right. you can't use your money that you made and because you're old and feeble and then you die. Right. And it's sad. And I don't like it. Here, I don't here's do also interesting. You'll find very, very few really great athletes who have kids that are anything close to them. And you wonder if it's because they feel like there's these expectations put on them. Like Michael Jordan's sons. Yeah. They played college ball. But like there weren't anything to write home about. But you also have to wonder, did they play ball because their dad played ball and they exactly. felt expected to, and exactly. they needed to fit in because that's what's exactly. his passion. Yes. Right. So, so I think this is a huge one that we, that we don't touch on enough is we have to understand like, look, mom, dad, I know you love me, but typically, typically like other people's limiting beliefs for us on what we can accomplish and what we can do. Uh, it shouldn't concern us because truly even your parents, even our parents. So that's even something we have to teach ourselves for our kids. We're raising human beings that are independent of us. And I think we can have goals for them for their lives as in like them as people, their characters, but yes. not their identity in what they're going to do. Like uh, that's, that's for them. And that's something where, you know, we still have very little kids, so we're not to that stage, but I feel like, I feel like that's something important to say. Like we should be grooming yes. our kids for their character qualities, not yes. for, oh, I want them to go to college to and major in this. And I want them to do all the things that I didn't get to do. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be a successful job in this field or whatever. Like, well, So our kids will naturally see they have an opportunity to be an entrepreneur, but because it's such a dominant uh, a dominant thing in our house, they know daddy runs his own thing. Mommy and daddy run a podcast, all that stuff. Our kids aren't going to think it's weird to start a podcast. Our mm-hmm. kids aren't going to think it's weird to put up a video on social media and say what's on their mind. Our kids aren't going to think it's weird to be an entrepreneur. But it doesn't mean we have to say you have to be an entrepreneur just because this is this is what we did and this is what we found more purpose in. It doesn't matter because the truth is our kid could be better off finding success as an entrepreneur. I like to call entrepreneurs because they're people I know. One of my best friends, James, he's an entrepreneur. Dude has all the qualities of an entrepreneur but he's so invested in his company. Keep doing your thing, buddy. Like he's an entrepreneur and you can be a passionate entrepreneur, right? And so if, that, if that's Lola's path, great. Yeah, there's a different <laughs> there's a difference in a time card puncher and somebody who is yeah. like working hard and doing more than just the minimum and like wanting to be more. Yes, and people their- don't see the opportunity. I think that's the big thing. Uh, like literally most people don't know there's an opportunity to work for yourself, Mm-mm. right? It's oh, freaking before hard. Before I met you, I mean, my dad did do have his own business, but before I met you, there's a lot of things that I didn't know. But you come from a family of entrepreneurs and yeah, like uh, independent people who do their own thing. His sister is an actress. His brother owns two businesses. His sister owns a business. Like his dad was an entrepreneur. That, that it's literally in your blood. Although I yeah. can see what you were saying before. I can see though, with having four kids, I feel like there's at least one of them that's probably going to go a different direction than us, especially because our oldest yes. gets annoyed with how much Chris has to work, even though he's home. Yes. I, I feel like there's a chance she could associate that with something, something negative, negative. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Just thinking out loud here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so expectations of others, not just your parents, but your friends. Huge. Going back to high school, I remember thinking I didn't give in to peer pressure. But all of my friends and all the kids in the small town I grew up in started drinking in high school. Started drinking. And so I remember like I just 
did it because everybody else was. It wasn't something I had a hard or fast opinion on. I mean, I was young. You're young and dumb. But I remember thinking I'm not giving it a peer pressure. Nobody's like chanting that I've got to do this. But then now looking back, I'm like, oh, but if I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had friends. So I did do it to fit in. So it's not just your parents' expectations. It's your friends. It's your coworkers. If you're at work and everybody's doing this thing and you know in your gut that it's not the right thing, but you're afraid to speak up because of the embarrassment. Like I know I used to work in the corporate world, believe it or not, before I had all these children, I worked in the corporate world. And I remember sitting in these big meetings in a big boardroom and I was surrounded by high level execs. I'm talking high level, like the owner of the sports team, high level. And I was admittedly like pretty low on the totem pole as far as positions. I was newer there. And I remember feeling such anxiety about if they would call on me or ask me a question, or if I had an opinion about something, I wouldn't speak up because of the whole fitting in thing. If everybody else is going this way, and I truly believe sometimes that something else made better sense, but I wouldn't speak up because of the fear of rejection, because of the Mm -hmm. fear of people thinking I was stupid. Mm -hmm. That's something I've struggled with for a long time is anybody thinking I'm stupid, which is weird Mm -hmm. because growing up, I was always told I was smart. So I don't know. We got to coach myself mm-hmm. to figure out where that came from. Because right. uh, I, I have always had a fear of looking stupid. Yeah. Um, and so now that I know this, I do wish I could go back into that oh. setting because I think I would be a whole different kind of employee. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the expectations. I remember my soft, this isn't expectations per se. This is kind of the fitting in thing and how things condition you and, you know, really carry over. So I had a history of not being, of not fitting in, of, of, of living in my brother's shadows all of my childhood. And then I remember I get in high school and sophomore year, we literally, we, we were in some, it was like a social studies class or something. And basically all we had to do to get a, like, if we spoke once during, it was like a three day, three day thing we're doing at school. We're all in a circle. And I remember specifically all we had to do was was speak up and like agree with someone's opinion or like say something. It was almost like a debate. Oh, yeah, thing, I had a class like right? that. Yeah. And I was the only one out of like 40 kids in the class that didn't say a thing and I failed. I failed. No way. Because I couldn't even like get myself to like raise my hand and like and like say, I second that. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even say I second that. Which anybody who knows and you I now failed, would probably not believe this. And I failed, right? I failed. But the silver lining of it all is like, dude, I love this quote. I don't know where it came from, but nothing's a failure unless you fail to learn from it, right? Mm -hmm. So I can look at that and think like, oh, the ball was in my court and I was too scared, right? Now, this is is something that's super interesting. Think of the top 100 people you follow, right? Are they A, a trailblazer or are they a follower? You follow them because they're leaders. You follow them because they, because they're not trying to fit in anywhere. They're trying to trailblaze and create something to fit into. That's why people follow people. That, that's why followers become like such a, such a powerful thing in the social media world. You don't follow people that do the exact same thing as everybody else. I don't know. I think some people just follow me to see the chaos <laughs> of our children doing <laughs> stupid things. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> no, but it's true. It's the truth. Like I think, I think what we don't realize is like we are somewhat living vicariously through people who are playing bigger and we wonder why, why we can't do that. And the reason, the whole reason, because we want to fit in. We care what other people think about. We care so much what other people think. Which I think we have gotten so much better at personally, especially, especially me, because I am like a self-proclaimed recovering people pleaser. I always felt like I had to meet the expectations of others. I'm an obliger. If you listen to our last episode, I feel like I have to do what other people want me to do for them. And there's a lot of things I can unpack there, but (laughs) I was was going with that. What were you saying? I was going to, I know we're kind of bouncing around here, but I think, I think the points are valuable. So the virus right now, Okay, we gotta be careful. Oh, that's what I was going to. Right? Yeah, yeah, the virus right now. Don't say it as one word. Okay, the v- the virus. CV one nine. CV Seriously, there's 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 <laughs> podcast host sites that are pulling episodes and shows if yes. they talk about yes what's going on in or say something that's not agreeable. So let's right. see if this is agreeable or not. We'll see. Okay, so the point is right. Everybody wants to fit in. 
here's the truth. We see in a lot of different instances, like you were talking about earlier, the silent majority. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, we're talking about wanting to fit in. How are we going to eliminate mask wearing? The government's not going to do it. The government's not, not just going to wake up one day and go, oh, hey, by the way, guys, we're done with this, right? Ah, nah. What's going to happen is one out of 30 people in a store is not wearing a mask. And the other 29, maybe 20 judge, and there's nine of them who are like, yeah, I think I'm on a board revolt. with that. We right? the people. Let's do it, right? So so what happens is, whether you agree with the virus or not, I'm I'm just saying, like from a from a social construct perspective, the reason people are wearing masks or not wearing masks is because they, they want to fit, fit in. in. Totally. Right? Totally. And that's the only way this is going to move the other direction is if enough people say, I'm not going to wear a mask. And I know that's like really hot. No, hot topic it's bold. Right but you know what? Here's the thing is because Chris was talking about the trailblazers that we follow and stuff. I would like to be more of a trailblazer. I don't want to continue. Like, yes, we are vulnerable on here. We talk about the things going on in our life. So obviously we don't care a ton what people think about that. I still, though, because I see how people attack people because of their political beliefs or the virus beliefs or whatever, I still get a little nervous about expressing how we feel, how what we believe, because I don't want to be canceled, if you would say. Like, I want people to see me for who I am and like... Like I said earlier, it breaks my heart when I see people who I know and respect talking so negatively about somebody because they have a view that is different than them. So with that being said, though, I don't want to fit in so badly that I'm willing anymore to keep quiet about things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're Chris is a little more bold than I am usually anyways. But well, I don't think it's about boldness as much as it is with being okay to question. That's okay. Yeah. A lot of people right now don't want to question things, probably because deep down they just want to fit in. I don't think anybody out there truly wants to believe, truly just wants to believe, yes, this is going on and I'm going to wear a mask forever. Does anybody really want to believe that? Or are they just going with the mainstream media narrative because that's what the media is saying and they feel like I have to fit in and and they're they're scared. Fear comes down to fear again because that's what the media sells. So I think what we're selling here on this portion of this episode is be okay with questioning mainstream anything be mainstream okay anything not just questioning media. anything because i will tell you anything that affects you and your family anything that yeah anything important anything that affects you and your family is important so i want to talk about a hot topic of vaccinations i'm not talking about whether we should vaccinate or we shouldn't vaccinate all i'm saying is from a questioning perspective the idea here is why can we not question things? Okay. So, so unfortunately, like I believe we've come to a point where the, the, the doctors, the nurses, the pediatricians, all of these people, my goodness, they went into this business or they went into this field with the right intentions. And I 100% believe that. But I also know that at some level things change things evolve, you know, maybe, maybe there are big pharma that's in the way and stuff like that. No, I don't think that's, I don't think that's changed. I think big pharma has always been right in control. I think what you're saying is doctors get into it with the right intentions, but who is schooling the doctors? Exactly. Who, and so the irony yes. here is, yes, this is uncomfortable conversation. There's probably gonna be a weird edit because we started talking about it and I was like, well, hold on, because the irony in the whole topic is I didn't want to talk about it and have people look at me a certain way, which is because? funny because I want to fit in. But I also, Chris made the good point of like, wait, this is the whole point of the story and, or the whole point of this episode is to deal with that, to not care what other people think, especially if it benefits somebody in the long run. So with that being said, what we're saying is it's okay to question mainstream anything. Most people probably tell you, to do this. Vaccinations are very, this is what it is. I remember with our first child, we went in there and they didn't ask me anything about it. They just said, okay, she's going to get these shots today. And I just went with it because that's what, I don't know. That's what they said. They were in the white coat. You, you trust that. Right. But as we've gone on here and we have started to wonder, okay, wait, shouldn't we at least be informed on what this is? Like what's in it? What's going into our child's body? Like this isn't a, a try to convince you to go one way or another, but like ask questions. 
don't. And, and so again, the irony is I sent Chris today. You can tell that part. Yeah. So I went to the doctor today. Jonna sent me with Ledger. Uh, and because she was kind of nervous about having the vaccination question asked because out of all of our kids, Ledger's the only one that hadn't had his, had his vaccinations yet. And, um, and the interesting part is like, as we've had more kids, we've just been like, huh, I mean, like, I guess we should like, you know, kind of know what's in this and question this, right? Like that's okay. Right. Uh, and so, and so the doctor asked me, Hey, are we going to do that? And I said, Hey, um, well, she said, so it seems like you guys are concerned or whatever, like any questions. I said, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I look, there's like this big anti-vax movement and there's all these things happening. It's so easy to look at this stuff and be like, oh, wow, we shouldn't do this. But I'd really love to hear your opinion. Like as, as someone who's been caring for all of our kids and all this stuff, like, yeah, tell me, please. Um, and she's like, well, what's your biggest question? And I just start kind of going through, okay, are these ingredients in it and this and that and that? And is this true? And she's like, well, yes, 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 all these things. And and then she was she was putting my mind at ease uh, in the other direction in a lot of ways. And then by the end of the conversation, I, I straight up told her, I said, look, like this isn't about us being right or you being right. We all have the same goal in mind, and that's the best care for our son. And I was just like, at the end of the day, I'm only asking questions because I want to pull all the information in instead of just trust everything, because unfortunately we have a lot of reason not to trust. Okay. Uh, instead of just trust everything, I'm like, I so thank you for showing me this side. And we now see what this side is. Right. And so now I just want to take all that information and, and make the best decision possible. Yeah. So I think with that, I think what we've been taught in general is to just follow suit with everything, medical care, school. I mean, I went to public school. I feel like they kind of pumped us out as like, you just take what we teach you and then you follow this. And if you don't follow it, you don't fit in. So again, I, even now, even doing this episode today, I sent Chris because I had anxiety surrounding having the conversation with her because I know there's so much vitriol out there against anybody even asking the question. I was in a group, actually. I was in a Facebook group for both anti and pro-vax people to have conversations. And it was supposed to be- Trying to find the answer. Yes. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be, okay, you can only talk in this group if you have studies and research to back it up what you're saying. And so I was like, cool, I'm going to get both sides and I can see and I can have grown up conversations with people. Of course not, not in social media. People are so- mean and angry and attacking people on asking questions because i had said in the group i was like look at the end of the day aren't we all just trying to do the best thing for ourselves and our family and people can still find a way to turn that and attack you which is why i was nervous to even bring this up but you're right i think the point here is be okay with asking questions and if you're weird but you're doing something one way or the other that's best for your family it doesn't have to be vaccinations well yeah let's let's keep it super simple the way I can look at life is very easy. It's like, okay, hmm. so the majority of marriages fail, we say, right? Okay, well, if the majority of people are doing this and the majority of marriages are failing, then I'm going to look the other way. Right. Right? Just, just, just curious what everyone else is doing who are succeeding. Right. So let's say we we go back to some of our previous episodes of how to like, how to like cheat proof, cheat proof your marriage, a fair proof your marriage. Right. It's like, Oh, well, that's far too much to say that you you can't have a conversation with the opposite sex alone, right? Uh, it's weird or it's awkward yeah, to tell my coworker that we can't right? go to lunch together. Okay, interesting right. that that data steps on the side of people who are having affairs. Whoa. Right. Well, then maybe I'll look in the other direction. For me, guys, as a, as a fitness guy, I spent 10 years teaching people, okay, yeah, so eat less, move more, right? And then I had like a 10% success rate, which is very standard. And now like, whoa, success is way higher with clients, people I couldn't even help before because I went the other direction. It's like, oh, wait, oh, wait. So this is about like balancing hormones and all that nerdy stuff. How do I learn about that? Again, going against mainstream diet culture there. Not that you're supposed to, but the question that always comes back to is like, what's the, what's the motivator? What's the agenda? Who has an agenda? What's the agenda? Exactly. It's, it's, it's very interesting that. We are the most medicated country in the world and we're the sickest country in the world. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. So shouldn't we find ways to do less medication and more natural approaches? Not for everything, you know, but, but shouldn't we find more ways for natural approaches? Because if most people are dying early or, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of people are getting diabetes, shouldn't we do 
a different method. Like, right. I think it just comes down to common sense. I think what you just said sparks something where you said not everything. So I think that's important because people not assume everything. if you have an opinion on one thing that you are just, you can only be like, I'm so sick of the, if you're this, then you're this, if you're this, then you're this. if you believe in first taking natural matters and for your health, then suddenly mainstream health culture has turned it into, Oh, you're freak, you're crunchy, you're, you're, uh, conspiracy theorists, all of these things that they label on you for just wanting to look at right. that. But, but that's the point is it's not for everything. Like you can believe in Western medicine, but still not want that to be your number one stop. 100%. And that's correct. okay. And you that's are okay. right. Literally, I put up a video the other day. I was like, hey, like, if anybody's feeling numb or depressed or whatever, I was like, look, like, I understand people take medications and that's fine. But, you know, in addition to or in lieu of getting on medications, why don't you try this? Right. You know, and I was just, I was just giving some like very simple, like natural ways and explaining like, hey, here's how a pill affects this. And here's how this lifestyle uh, action affects this. It it's the same. <laughs> I just had a light bulb moment. I think that comes back to what we're talking about because Let's if you so. feel Jeez. like no, if you feel like you're if you feel like you're teetering the line of both ways, like hey, yeah, I accept Western medicine, medicine, but I also really like to take a holistic approach. Well, you're not in one group or the other. You're not hardcore this or hardcore that. So I think that's probably why people have a hard time doing that or or you know, everybody acts like it's only one or the other because you have to choose a side. You have to fit in yeah. somewhere. Or me as a mom who does believe in a more natural approach in a lot of ways, um, but I formula feed. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's weird to sound like I'm in a crunchy mom's group because I like to get natural ideas on certain things. Mm -hmm. and, the f and they put a lot of anti things about formula in there that makes me feel uncomfortable sometimes. I'm like, wait, I can still believe in this while also doing this. Like it can't, it doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So- I think. Well, here's what's also interesting about this, though, is that if there weren't enough small pods of people, there wouldn't be enough people thinking for themselves. <laughs> so it's like let let's say let's say I think I, I think it's ten I think it's ninety percent vax, ten percent anti vax now. It's right? probably more now because people are starting to ask questions with Maybe all the closet anti -vax. stuff. Yeah. Silent majority. Silent. <laughs> right. Right. So basically, I think it's like ninety ten. Right. Well, if there wasn't at least one percent of people, I don't think people would ask questions because they'd be way too afraid to be yeah. like that. Like if anti vax wasn't a thing. Oh man, like right. there'd be a bunch of closet it would be questions. Really hard to look into that. Yeah. Right. But what's interesting is I think there's always there's always room for us to have the information. And I realize everyone's different. Some people are like, dude, just I trust what it is. Just give me the blueprint. Here I go. Mm -hmm. But I think as a questioner who is a questioner. OK, I think the value in questioning is believing in the decision you're making. Yeah. Believing and having a yeah yeah totally because if you're gonna have a conversation hopefully a respectful adult like conversation yeah. with somebody about it you have to believe in what you're talking about to yeah. even have actually you know what that's probably why a lot of people just resort to name calling and stuff because they don't even know why they, they believe what, what they do. believe they just, they, they just walk away like i think i'm i think i'm just supposed to believe because my parents said never question well, look, authority. even my grandma my grandma is a scientist like a legitimate scientist and she had a conversation with me the other day she's like you know we didn't have the research you guys did back whenever I was raising kids because True. it just wasn't out there. So like, I think the whole point is vax, not vax, whatever political, it doesn't matter what it is. I think we have a due diligence. Like it is our civic duty. It is our personal duty to question things that affect us. So that's why yes. it doesn't matter if you don't fit in at the end of the day. I think you could be a trailblazer then if you want to ask questions. Like, so, for, so for instance, today on my, on my social media, I said, I just posed the question if the masks work and if the social distancing work, why are they saying we're going to have a second wave? Why can't I ask that question without somebody attacking me and saying I'm a conspiracy theorist or I'm selfish? I think I'm going to answer this for you. Yeah. I think because people, people want to find comfort in authority and they're so terrified subconsciously. I'm getting deep here. I feel like they're so subconsciously terrified that it might not be that trust there that they don't even want to go down that hole. So, Ooh, perfect example. So like, so let's say you have a friend who, let's say let's say you 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 have a friend who like is very close to like uh, their their parent, right? And you find out that their parent like had an affair or something like that, right? So you think that friend's even going to want to like entertain the conversation? They're like, uh, -uh nope, mm -mm, nope, nope, not talking right. about it, right? Won't talk about it. Why? 
Because it it infringes on what they believe. It infringes on like their comfort. Their comfort, right? what they believe, exactly. what they they're who they are. Yeah, exactly. True. So they're like, oh, I wouldn't even want to know if my mom or dad, right, right. I wouldn't even want to know if the government was know. this crooked. I wouldn't even want to know if this was a big hoax. I would. Well, also because it's know. a fear. It goes back to fear too. Like it's right. scary to think that. I think what's to me what's scarier than the virus is the fact that it there's could be so many. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? So much agenda behind it. And let me just say, I think it's a real virus. I'm not saying it's not a real virus. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry if you have somebody affected by it. We know people who've been let's affected. Let's go but here, though. Why are conspiracy groups so big? Because there's because reason to be. No. Because <laughs> oh, there's reason <laughs> to. There's reason, right? But they're so big because people find a community. Yeah. People exactly. find. They want to fit in. They fit in somewhere. People find it really attractive there's to people the that newness are saying and the what novelty thinking of and, like, yeah. I have information you don't have. Right. Yeah. And it's addicting. Well, and, and it's addicting to try to problem. figure it out if it's right or not. Because honestly, right. the older I get, there's so many things. I'm like, everything I know is a lie. Yeah, well, <laughs> everything is but, different. But then again, I think 10 years from now, you and I could be like, mm. 5% of the conspiracy we looked into, we might be like, yeah, we just got sucked in, right? Yeah. So I think it's, it's important to understand the balance of being like, whoa, right. like, it's very easy to be attracted to that as human beings. We want the newness, the novelty, the crazy. You want to be the one with the information. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But because yeah. you want to be, that, that comes down to status. Yeah, uh, everything comes back to like innately who we are. And how like people how view we, us. Yeah. Where is my place in life? True. True. And I think, I think so. We talked, so, okay. We've talked a lot here. You can tell we are we just have. Hopefully someone on. was just like on a really long trip and they're just like, I just want to like talk about nothingness. Nothing. This is a nothing. <laughs> well, just say so we're talking about big stuff here. It is, it is deep, but it is. We're all over the place. We are a little over the place. But it all comes back to wanting to fit in and caring what people think about you. And honestly, the one thing we want you to get from this episode is just, we want you to take away a different perspective on no, we we want you oh, to no. have permission. No, Chris said no, we no, don't no, want to no, do no. that. I think you'll agree with the statement. We want you to have permission to take away a different perspective because sometimes mm, okay, taking away a different perspective is like we're forcing something on you. No, 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 no. You have permission to take away a different perspective from this episode. Yeah, I like that. The goal is to get you to think a little bit differently yeah. and realize you it's okay. You're allowed to think for yourself. You're allowed to question things. And you fitting in doesn't define who you are. You fitting in with this crowd or this crowd or this crowd doesn't really define who you are at your core. And that's something we have to work on as human beings is realizing that acceptance by others and words by others and feelings imposed by others does not define who we are at our core no and what and what we believe is like literally at the end of this earth when our time is done like it's it's me and god it's you and god right literally we we stand before a creator and it's like ah like this is my account for me and my heart and who i was right it's not it has nothing to do with the groups i was a part of or or anything right this this is an account of like you know my heart i think i think I think the Bible even talks about like literally there are people who go through this life. Uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? It's like you have good intentions. You want, you want to be a follower of Christ, all this different stuff. Right. But if your heart was never there, you know, like that's, it's crazy. Well, maybe you just wanted to be a follower for the status or for <laughs> the, you know, you just yeah. want to be a part of that church. Like, oh, that guy's cute. I'll go there. <laughs> is that why you went to church? <laughs> that's why. But then again, you can also talk about how if you're part of a church group, you want to fit in and you feel like you don't fit in because you're like, oh, my past. Oh, mm -hmm. what I've done. Oh, Or maybe that's something holding you back from yeah. uh, looking into a relationship with God or to trying out a church or getting into a community group because you mm -hmm. feel like you are too far gone or because you feel like you wouldn't fit in because you yes. feel like, oh, well, Christ Christians are good and whatever. Yes. And it's not, and, first of all, it's not true. And one more thing from that. No. Nope. Yeah. Good. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, one more thing from that that's super interesting is like I've had conversations with people before. They're like, they're like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do the God thing. I'm like, that's fine. Look, that's cool. I get it. Question for you. Was it, was it God that let you down or was it his people? Mm -hmm. Because when it comes to fitting in, it's like 
the reason you would leave a church or be hurt by a church would be people. People being right? rejected, yeah, being hurt. Like social media, yes. someone someone saying, repent, like you're going to go to hell, you sinner, right? right? Um, it's just like, oh, whoa. You know, like, so you feel like you can't fit in right? because the people were yeah. the problem. Well, actually, another quick side story, but this is about us, so it's totally relevant. When Chris and I first started talking, we started talking over social media. If you don't know our story, his cousin is my best friend, longtime childhood best friend. His mom or his aunt is my mom's closest friend. Like, so I knew his family prior to really knowing him. So anyways, we started talking on social media. At that time, I was in a pretty dark phase of my life. I was in my party stage, but I'm talking like party, party stage, not just to go out and have drinks. Sometimes I was not, I was not in a good stage of life. Chris, however, was at a uh, Christian college and he was doing really, really well. And he was, he was like very clean, very good boy compared to me. And I can remember us texting and he told me that he, he didn't have sex. He didn't drink and he didn't curse. And I remember thinking like, okay, well I'm the devil next to you. There's no reason for me to continue talking to you. And I immediately felt like I couldn't talk to him anymore because I felt like I wouldn't fit in. Like, why would I even waste my time talking to this guy? We would never fit together. So hmm. did you know that? You're looking like you yeah. didn't know that. I mean, I, I, I knew those things about myself that I, <laughs> <laughs> but I was so turned off at that time by yeah. Christianity yeah. because I had been hurt people, God's people, whoever people hurt me. Right. And so I had no interest in it. So when you told me that I was turned off and I stopped talking to you, remember? And you like, right. Hey, because let's... you figured like we didn't fit. I figured we didn't right? fit. I figured you must have a squeaky clean life and a squeaky clean past and that you wouldn't accept me and who I was. And like, I couldn't go around your friends. I would never fit in with them. They don't drink. They don't do anything. Like right. it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But you came running. I came running. Yeah. You chased after me. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you did. You invited me on vacation with you. <laughs> right. Like you're gonna stop talking to me, but you want to help me take my grandma and her uh, husband or handicapped husband to Disney World tomorrow? Uh, okay, <laughs> right. And Basically, then, and then it began. Yeah, but I don't know. That's just something. Uh, I guess this, though, this is a big part of life. Man. I, this is a big. This is important. And and if you are somebody who's like, I'm not into the God thing. I hope you're still listening because I want you to understand. I wasn't either. If somebody tried to talk to me about God, actually. If somebody tried to talk to me about God, because I had been so hurt and because I was in such a dark phase in my life, I shut them out. I would get angry. And so I think that's why you should look inside whenever you get angry with people or realize that when somebody is attacking you, it's usually about them, not you. Because I would get angry. Like, don't talk to me about that. Like, I don't right. hear it. You must think I'm so terrible. You must judged, think. Yeah. yeah, I would feel judged. Um, for some reason, I let Chris talk to me about God. He did it in a very... Um, non-judgmental way chris chris has got like some kind of gift where he does not care about people's past like you could be an axe murderer only how you and he could probably future. still like work with you as a client <laughs> no, but but i'm serious. as long as you live states away <laughs> right i'm serious you you have a really nice gift about that you don't hold that against people and so chris was able to talk to me about it. And i just want you to know if you do if you have been hurt by people and if you do feel like you are too far gone and that's why you maybe you've questioned like oh, what is this church thing like i hear people say all the time like they've saved and they've been turned around and like i'm not happy where i'm at like give it a try give well, god a try like it's not don't blame it on god what blame do i it, say blame it on the people. god has a pr problem right? his people do not represent him well I and i just i don't know i just want to somebody's listening right now. I just want you to know you're not too far gone. You're not, you never are. No, you never are. If you've ever picked up the Bible, you will see that God like changed the hearts of the worst of the worst kind of people. Oh dude. And Everybody in the Bible is the so worst jacked of the worst. Up. Yeah. So jacked up. Yeah. So, Definitely. Man. That's not where I was intending to go with this, I don't but know that's what we somewhere with this you episode. can fit in. Hopefully people enjoyed it. Right. I, I, I think we gave some, some good nuggets here. Of, and we have reason to get messages, like hate messages too. So that'll keep us busy. I mean, you know what? You're not big. You're not doing it big if people don't like you, right? Yeah. Seriously, if, the thing about you, pleasing you everybody, see, you seriously. can see the yeah. bit, the the most kind, most well-intended, most positive video on YouTube or on social media, and you will still see hateful comments under it. People are just mad. Mm -hmm. But that leans into our next episode. So this is part one because obviously it's a long time, a long one. Part two, we're going to tell you how to stop. And not all the way, obviously, because I just told you that I still have trouble sometimes caring what people think because I'm a recovering people pleaser. Well, everybody's different. So I think I think each each of these steps we're going to lay out uh, or ideas we're going to lay out, you know, one might click for you. Yeah. 
on my click. Yeah, because things that you there's things that you don't care what people think about you, but there are things you care about. Like and, and then like right. so Chris cares Chris doesn't want to dance in front of people because heck no. He has like this I don't know, did somebody make fun of you for dancing? What is I it? I just I can't get my body to move. He's very uncomfortable. Like, I have rhythm, I'm a drummer, right? But uh, yeah, it's like I can't I I I remember when I was in school, you right? About it. You wanted to fit in. You you, you want to fit in, but I remember it was so weird. It was like school ended early one day, and everybody shuffled into the gym, and it was dark, and music was loud, and like everyone was going crazy. It was eighth grade, and I was like, "What is everybody doing?" Or seventh grade, I was like, "What are these crazy people doing?" I came from a Christian school; people didn't dance, right? And Christians like, do ev- dance. Everyone just, just starts strict school dancing. Everybody just starts dancing. I'm like, "What are these? They're moving their body to the beat. They look ridiculous." Stop like it. you've never seen anybody dance before. I mean, just like not, not really. Yeah, like it, just, it just wasn't part of my life. Not that, sheltered. Not, no, not that I had like a sheltered life or anything, but but my life growing up was just like about sports and stuff like that, and. uh, Sports and like, I mean, theater for my sisters and stuff. But yeah, truly, you ain't never just, seen anybody twerk till m- then. <laughs> music, sports, and theater. But it's just so weird seeing all these like preppy white girls like yeah dancing. I was like, what are you guys doing? And then all these boys are doing the craziest things. I'm like, I can't, I can't let myself loose like that. I, I just can't. And also, I was conditioned because my dad is very, uh, is very to himself. So like, yeah. e- even in church and everything, you're not going to see him like express himself publicly. Uh, he's, he's very personal with his relationship with God, with like, you know, people, all that stuff. And so I think I, I think I saw that in him and I was like, Oh, that that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And so it was weird for me. I almost felt like he was maybe thinking like, uh, I was weird for dancing or some or something like that. So I think that's a piece of it too. Yeah. And no, yeah. I never knew that story. Now yeah. I know where it comes from, why you're so uncomfortable. Cause oh. I'm not kidding you. I love, so that's what I was saying. I care what people think about me with some things, but I will dance. I will be the only one on a dance that's floor. Cause you can dance. I know, but I will, but it's not like I'm like the best dancer in the world, but I will be the only one on the dance floor with a bunch of people watching. And I don't care, but right. I do care about other things. So um, now I know though we've been, we've right. been so many places like weddings and I just beg Chris, like, come on, just dance with me. Just come on. And like, Oh, we've gotten in so many fights oh, back bad. in the day, not in a while, but there was a time now she knows, she knows what daddy does and doesn't do what daddy does and doesn't <laughs> do. All right. On that note, we're good. All right. All right. So go ahead and go to part two. If you liked part one here, of we don't have a title yet fitting in why to be weird. Why do we want to fit in so bad? How to get weird. How to be weird. (laughs) Whatever it is. If this episode brought you any value, if you could pull some golden nuggets out of it, go ahead and share it with somebody. You know. All right, guys. Have a good one.